Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is a podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on their journey to feeling at home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and I hope you guys enjoyed geeking out about German genealogy and translation and old handwriting and ancestry and outlander and all of the very best things in last week's episode. I also wanted to say that we had a really nice wrap-up chat over on the gram, as uh, I'm pretty sure the cool kids are calling it the gram, on the Instagram. What I'm trying to say is that on Instagram, there was a really nice wrap-up chat about the American shame versus American pride debate slash mini-series that we did a couple weeks ago. So if that topic's still on your mind, you should go over to Instagram and find us at the expat cast. If you're not already following, go ahead and give me a follow. Because in addition to posting lots of pictures of trees, this is also where the best chats happen about our episodes. And in case you need even more incentive to follow me on Instagram at the TheXFatCast, um, I will be posting a video of me dancing around at my friend Natalie's wedding wearing a mask of the queen. Why? A very valid question, one which I will not answer immediately. You'll hear in today's episode why I have that video and why I'm going to share it. Because this week's guest is my good friend, Natalie. And I did get to attend Natalie's absolute dream of a wedding this past summer. It was my very first wedding in Germany. And actually, this whole last year gave me a lot of perspective on how different weddings are in the US and in Germany. Because, okay, for one, I went back to the States in the fall and I actually officiated a friend's wedding. In case you're not familiar with it, what this means is I actually did the marrying of the two people. So my friend and her now husband stood in front of me and also in front of a bunch of other people. And I read a speech, they read some vows, I made them say I do, they exchanged some rings, and then through the power vested in me, they became married. Though actually we did this all in Pennsylvania, which is a Quaker state. And so I didn't even have to get like ordained or anything. I just could, I could just marry people. It was really very, very easy. But anyway, when I was trying to tell people in Germany what I was going to be doing when I was back in the States, they were super confused. And it turned out what I realized was it wasn't that I was saying the wrong word or explaining the situation wrong. It was just that German weddings are so much more formal than they are in the US. And so this concept that literally anyone can just perform a wedding on two other people <laughs> is pretty foreign. That's a pretty crazy concept to them. So it turned out to be really fun trying to explain to all of my German folks why this was okay that I was able to do this for my friend. <laughs> On the flip side, I also, as said, attended my first wedding in Germany, which was Natalie and Conrad's. Natalie's been a friend of mine for over a year now, and since the day I met her, she has been dreaming of this wedding. As you'll hear, there were quite a few hiccups along the way, some culturally and some logistically, life-wise, health-wise, etc. But I gotta say, at the end of the day, Natalie did have her dream wedding to her dream man. <laughs> and in the episode, we do stick to talking about the actual wedding itself. But I wanted to give you guys a quick rundown of Natalie and Conrad's love story. So Natalie had left the UK and was living in Singapore and then Thailand and then Singapore. Then she decided to move to Australia. She was supposed to be there for a year and several months into this, she was in a hostel and happened to meet a very handsome German man named Conrad 
who was also in Australia, to do some backpacking, to do some traveling. Natalie was totally taken with him from the get-go, and she she made sure that they happened to be on a couple of the same day trips, and that they happened to be sitting next to each other on the buses. Oh wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> but she worked her magic, the two got to know each other, she went in for a kiss, she went in for another kiss, and all of a sudden they ended up traveling all of Australia, as well as even throughout Asia together, and they actually spent about a year traveling together before they finally admitted that this was a very real relationship that they wanted to bring back into the real world and not just have as a crazy travel experience. And that is how they ended up in Germany. A couple months into that, Conrad popped the question, and of course, Natalie said yes. And now you're caught up to date to where this episode is going to pick up. So I will throw it over to Natalie to tell us the rest of her story. Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm from the UK. I was born in Nottingham but lived in London for most of my life. I left the UK in 2011 and have lived in lots of different countries since then. And I actually met a German boy backpacking in Australia (laughs) and we then moved to Germany. We moved to Freiburg in 2015, so we've been here now four years. I am lucky enough to call you one of my close friends here in Freiburg and I'm really excited to have you on the show because amongst other things one thing that we definitely have to talk about is your wedding yes so I met you when you were sort of in the middle of the various weddings and a lot of our friendship has played out as the stuff is happening and it has been fascinating to no end (laughs) also you're the perfect person to have on to talk about weddings because you are a very opinionated fashionable person oh thank you yeah you wanted a lot out of your wedding yeah I would say as as an attendee you got it but I I know it was a a ride to get there so when you're starting to think about your wedding Mm -hmm. what were you hoping of or dreaming of so the biggest thing was first of all deciding whether we would get married in England or Germany yeah that's Um, huge yes and no for me there was no question that we would get married in Germany like we live in Germany and this is where we see our future also I'm a bit of a planner and an organizer and I couldn't stand the idea of planning it in a different country and not being there on hand so I definitely wanted to have a wedding in Germany and Freiburg is stunning and so I wanted it in Germany and I wanted it in the Schwarzwald and I will say we do have another friend who they live in Germany and their wedding was in the states and they've said that that was hard for them because it didn't even feel like their wedding because they weren't there to help plan it like other people did it on their behalf and on one hand it was cool to have their people step up like that yeah but then they get there and it's just all arranged for yeah. them and so based on those two experiences it sounds yeah. like that's probably a good choice to to do it where you are definitely and I am a bit of a perfectionist a bit of a control freak and I love to plan and I love to organize the wedding just seemed like the perfect opportunity for me to like get my teeth into a project um, I didn't realize how complicated all of the paperwork could be to actually make it official that was unexpected and so German (laughs) yeah very honestly paperwork is like a German pastime I mean I thought it was bad in the UK but Germany it's got a whole different outlook on paperwork 
<laughs> and I feel like culturally, British weddings and German weddings are quite different. Very. I mean, I imagine you found this out pretty early on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How did this all play into it? So I actually went to a wedding in Germany and I was really surprised that the father of the bride rocked up in jeans and a shirt. Oh God. And nobody seemed to bat an eyelid. Now, if that had been me, I would have been livid. I would have, <laughs> I would have pulled up my teacher voice and sent my dad back to his room to change into a suit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was really amazed how kind of free and relaxed the German weddings were, which is, it's nice. But it's not what I'm used to in the UK. Weddings are this big extravaganza and you dress in the most amazing dresses. You have amazing food. You have the champagne. You have, you know, there are all these different traditions that you have. The hats. Yeah, and the the hats. hats. I mean, you know, everybody, the guests, everybody brings their A-game. It's it's an excuse to wear a beautiful dress or a pantsuit or whatever it is that you want to wear. And yeah, and it's a kind of a classy event. In Germany, in my experience and the people that I've met, I mean, we went to the registry office once when we were filling in paperwork and this couple just came in in regular clothes with like two friends, just walked in. 15 minutes later, they came out, they were married and they just left. The no fanfare, no nothing. And I just thought I found it a little bit sad in a way because you're making such a huge step. And I wanted to share it with my family and friends. And also, not living in England for such a long time, we have friends all over the world and we wanted to share this experience with them. And so if they're going to fly all the way over, we want to give them, you know, something to remember. Well, and I think this is already a good thing to point out. So this is already different from what I know in the States. In Germany, the paperwork courthouse part of things is a big part of it. Like in the US, you get the paperwork ahead of time and whenever you sign it is when it's official, but you don't have to be at a physical building to do it. I mean, you can do it then, but it's it's just not this big thing. Whereas in Germany, there's the Standesamt, it's called, which is... The registry office. And you can't get married anywhere but a registry office, which is different to the UK. And as far as I understand it, people have almost two weddings. Like there's the Standesamt wedding, the formal paperwork wedding. Which is the official one. Without it, you're not actually married. And then there's the fun wedding. Yeah, which is like the church wedding. (laughs) Or you could do um, a Freie Trauung, which translates to free ceremony. Which I found out the difficult way, because in the UK, you can get married either in the church, or you could do the registry office, or you can go to a building that has permission for you to get married in and then somebody would come who's like ordained and they could then obviously certify the ceremony but in Germany you have to do it at the Standesamt even if you're religious and you want to get married in a church that's fine but if you don't do the official paperwork it's not actually a valid wedding you have to do the paperwork Cameron and I talked about it and so I was like okay obviously we're doing the paperwork that's fine but I didn't just want a 15 minute ceremony and also I was learning German at the time and I knew obviously my family would be coming over and most of the guests who were coming couldn't speak German and obviously the ceremony is in German. I wanted something that would be inclusive so that they could understand it, that they could participate in it. So we decided that we would do the Standesamt wedding and then the very next day we had planned to do the Freitrauung, which is a free ceremony. So you can, you get somebody to officiate the wedding, but you have complete control over what goes into it and you kind of build it yourself. And that was really amazing because I've never heard of something like that before. So that was, that was a really cool experience that Germany has to offer that I don't think is the thing in England. 
Can anyone be the officiant, quote unquote, for the Freie Trauer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, there are actually, of course, in Germany, there are Ausbildungs that you can do. So oh that's like <laughs> to study to to do it. And it's called and to be a Freie Reder or Rederin. And that's like a free speech. But they do everything. It's not just weddings. They do speeches for wakes. You know, they can do so many different cool. things. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And um I want to do that. Yeah, it was really, it was really eye-opening. There's this, this whole world that I'd never heard of before. That's yeah. a huge, huge business. Mm. Okay, so wait, let's go back to the Shundasamta. We'll try to do this somewhat chronologically. Okay. So this part of things, I think this is where things got a little off track. Yes. Is this fair to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your Shundasamta was planned for April yeah. of 2018? 2018. Okay, and it was supposed to be that and then the wedding the next day. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Yeah, so um, obviously super excited for the wedding. Everything was booked. Everything was planned. We booked the Standesamt. We'd booked a venue for the big Freitagung. And then in December, I was unexpectedly diagnosed with cancer. So you can imagine that really threw me for a loop. It was, you know, a week before Christmas, a few weeks before my birthday and four months before the wedding. And it was a very, very difficult time and I spent my birthday in intensive care. I remember I, I was in hospital and I think it was like the second week in the hospital and Conrad and I were having this discussion about whether we would cancel the wedding or not. And I don't know if you know this, but when you fill in the paperwork for the standards out, which is a really big deal, all the different paperwork and the things that you have to do to get the paperwork through that says that you can get married. Once you've got that, you have to get married within a certain time period Otherwise, it's not valid anymore and you have to start again. And I'd have to apply because you have to submit your birth certificate. But your birth certificate has to have a date on that's valid within the last six months. So I had to apply to the UK Foreign Office to get a new birth certificate. I had to then pay extra to get that then stamped. Then I had to take it to a translator to get that translated and beglaubigt, which is to say that it's certified which obviously costs a lot of money and a lot of time, and then submit that. So it was a big deal. It cost several hundred to do all the paperwork without even paying for the registry, like wedding itself, which was 200 as well. I know in the US, if you're marrying a foreigner, you yeah. often have to prove your love in yeah. some way. Did you have to do anything like that? No, not at all. So when you go to the registry office to say that you want to get married, you take your passport, and basically depending on what country you're from, they will give you a list of things that you have to do. I'm lucky, obviously, that the UK at the time, there was no Brexit uh, <laughs> on the horizon yet. And so it was relatively easy. I just needed to have my my birth certificate. Comrade needed his birth certificate as well. And he applied to where he was born. And I think it was 13 euros. And that's all <laughs> he had to do. Yeah. And I had to jump through all these different hoops to yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, but once we got it, it was fine. But because we had to get married within a certain time frame, otherwise we'd have to start again. I said to Conrad that, you know, I still wanted to get married. But I knew at the time when I was in hospital, they had told me that I would need chemotherapy and possibly radiation. And I just thought there's no way we can do the big ceremony. So we postponed the big ceremony to a year later. But we went ahead with the um, the standards and weddings, the official paperwork all of that, like to be officially Mrs. Reader. <laughs> I, um, yeah, we still went ahead and did that. And that was great. It was hard because I was having chemotherapy then. I was having it every two weeks. Jeez. And so we had it 
uh, we ha- we organized the ceremony so it would be at the end of end of the cycle and at the time I still had the colostomy bag as well and I was worried about what it show with the dress but actually I was very lucky and I don't think if you looked at my wedding pictures I don't think you could tell that I was sick. I can attest to that actually this was a little bit before we became good friends and so I I don't even know if I knew you were sick like if I'd heard that through the yeah. grapevine or not all I know is you just looked beautiful thank you you've got the best fashion sense you had this like <laughs> sort of vintage quirky cute yeah. dress and I don't know the whole thing was it was great it was it was really really great and actually in a way it's nice that we postponed the second wedding to a year later because I think it would have been too much to have the big ceremony the day after and it's good that we did as well because it rained so much the day (laughs) after when the big ceremony was planned it was a lot a lot of rain and I heard I remember you telling me that they didn't actually have a translator at your Shandasam yes that one of our friends just was sent to the front to just frantically be like oh yeah. my mom <laughs> yeah so we had requested it obviously I was still learning German my German wasn't great and I had my whole family there and we had asked if it was possible to do it in English and of course the answer was no And so we had asked, is it possible to maybe have some notes of what you're going to read or something so that a friend can translate it? And the answer was no. And so I asked a good friend of ours, um, Shana, if she would mind translating because her German is fantastic. And she'd also got married recently. So she kind of knew what was happening. And then the funny thing is the woman who was officiating the wedding could speak English. (laughs) She was speaking really, really fast and in really, really long chunks of information which was obviously then hard for Shana to try and process and then translate. So she, she did basically a summary of what the woman said. And then the woman said, no, that's not what I said. In perfect oh English. God. And I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but it was great. Everyone could understand. And yeah, we got to say I do. Mm. And we still decided to have an official wedding photographer. And we also did a champagne reception as well. And it was so, it was such a magical day. And it was April, but we had a a freak heat wave. I don't know if you remember, but I think it was like 25 degrees, something like that. It was really, it was a really hot, beautiful day. So then fast forward a year and you're getting ready for the Freie Trauung, the wedding part two, the ceremony. And I will say we have agreed that we're going to do an episode all about the cancer stuff because that is a whole nother can of worms um, that we could not do justice to if we talk about it here. So there's a bunch of stuff that's happening between wedding one and wedding two, but we'll just kind of talk about what's relevant for now. So so you ended up well you actually ended up getting married in July yes. instead of April yes well originally we had decided that we would push it back until April and then I was like no let's go on our honeymoon in April because it was a cheaper deal and we'll push the wedding back until July in the end I we then had to cancel the honeymoon in April but the wedding was still then planned for July so when you were planning this part of things yes what kind of British traditions did you want to bring in? What kind of German traditions did Conrad want to bring in? Or did these things not play a part? Oh, it was definitely a huge part. And it's interesting because we're very similar and yet we're very different at the same time. And things would happen. I always realized, oh, okay, that's weird. (laughs) So we went to um, a wedding in the UK as well. And Conrad loved it. He loved the kind of pomp and ceremony of it and the cars in because normally you have like a big fancy car that drives you from one place to the next like you have the ceremony and then you drive then to the venue where you do your your evening reception in the UK a lot of weddings they would have like a receiving line where people would walk past and they would like greet the family and then the partners 
and there are all the speeches and obviously throwing off the confetti and all of the photographs and it is a full schedule in England and obviously that was very different in Germany and also when it comes to money and food it's different so in the UK it's quite common that you would obviously provide champagne for the champagne reception and finger food and then wine and soft drinks throughout the meal and also a glass of champagne for toasting during the speeches but after the meal is done and you transition into the disco night you then have a bar and people pay for their own drinks oh and interesting some, yeah and so sometimes you can put money behind the bar once it's gone it's gone but basically everyone knows that they bring their own cash and they pay for drinks and they normally buy the couple drinks and in germany you pay for everything yeah um and comrade and i wanted to pay for the wedding ourselves when we found out how expensive things were in Germany because packages are not a thing in Germany in comparison to England and that's also the thing that I found very difficult I had these expectations of finding a wedding venue and being able to book a package for drinks for food for all of these different things and then I realized that was not possible yeah I know this also from the U.S. where you get yeah like you said the venue is paired with a caterer yeah and the DJ is paired with like a photographer or videographer like they're all somehow connected and then you just select which one no you had to do it all separately for one yes oh yes which means a more planning and b i imagine more expenses because you also get a deal when you book together yeah and even when we so we visited lots of different venues because we wanted to have a ceremony we wanted to have a ceremony and also a place where you can have the meal at the same place we didn't want to be traveling from one place to another and having people have to do that as well so we visited a lot of very obscure places as well (laughs) i was i spent so much time on google at the same time pinteresting the hell out of everything (laughs) and we came across schloss reiner which is a hotel in the black forest and it's so beautiful and the service was impeccable and i really liked the idea of having a hotel room there and especially for people flying over from australia and new zealand and singapore and england it was really nice to have it all in one space um so that's how we decided on schloss reinach and actually the first time that we had booked through them there was no wedding package available so we would have had to choose all of the food and basically if we wanted to pay for the drinks we would have just got a bill after the fact which I'm sure (laughs) you can imagine was giving us a lot of sleepless nights but it turns out after obviously postponing the wedding they introduced packages which was great so we could (laughs) say okay we're going to choose like this package and that includes this wine and this food we still had to pay for the finger food separately but that was really nice. So what's interesting at midnight, they offered, they wanted to know if we wanted to do um, little curry verse, which is like really? little sausages with like a curry sauce for a midnight snack. And I was like, <laughs> no, thank you. That doesn't really go with this like fancy, classy yeah. wedding that I've planned. But thanks for but the cool. offer. That's like drunk munchies. I mean, that's, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, also, that's another thing that's different from US weddings. When you book a venue, you have it for five hours typically and that includes the ceremony cocktail hour and the dancing Mm -hmm. everything so a lot of i've been to a wedding that ended at 
10. They often end at 11. Like they That's literally odd. stack chairs and yeah. kick you out. Yeah. yeah. And then you have an after party at the hotel bar, but yeah. it's different, right? Whereas here, it goes all night. <laughs> well, so we booked an eight hour package, but then obviously we, we were going over that and we knew that we would go over that. So then we paid just for extra hours. And then after midnight, you then have to pay extra overtime for the staff that are working after midnight. And I remember another struggle you had was finding a videographer. Oh, tell me so about it. So you did find a great photographer. Yes. So apparently there's enough of a wedding photography industry that this wasn't an issue. But yeah. wedding videography, which it's very common that that's offered, I think in the UK too. Yeah, it's, definitely. Yeah. And here, I mean, we all tried to pitch in. We were all trying yeah. to look around and research and even just find people we knew who made videos. And so it's expensive. Just, it's not possible. Yeah. So what were the prices like? What was that like? I was desperate to have a videographer because several of my friends had got married and I watched their videos and I was just blown away. And so I started looking and then realized there wasn't that much choice in not just Freiburg, but in Germany, really. It's relatively new. And the whole idea of using a drone, you can forget it. And so when we started to have a look, I mean, a wedding photographer, which is eight hours, is about 2,000 euro for a good one. But the videographers, they all started at around 2,000. And that was to me extraordinary and they were like yeah so we'll come when you're getting dressed I'm like I don't need that and they were like oh and it's I think it was an eight or ten hour package and they wanted to film into the into the evening when everyone's dancing I was like no I don't want video footage of me being super sweaty and (laughs) you know when people are dancing like that part of the evening is where everyone should relax I didn't want to have a video of that And you couldn't negotiate. I said, you know, would you be willing to do maybe five hours and not do that? And it was, no, it's take Mm -hmm. it or leave it. And there were only, I think, five or six in the area. And I have to say, after looking at their videos, I didn't really like how they were edited together either. It looked a bit, how do I say? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not not to my taste. (laughs) I mean, I know that some of the videos are referencing from some friends and they are like romantic, beautiful, like cinematic experiences. Exactly. And especially when you're spending then over 2000. And so we decided that we wouldn't do it. We couldn't afford it. But then one of Conrad's groomsmen, he was taking little snapshots throughout the whole day and he actually put together a little video for us. And it was magical. And I I watch it all the time. (laughs) I really do. It's it's so cute. Yeah. That's great. Another thing that was cool about your wedding is you had so many little details. Yeah. Really so much. And I know that you did this all. So I thought that was really impressive like more than I've ever seen at any wedding like you had a whole photo booth you had yeah. multiple stations where like I as a guest could go and write you guys a note yeah. or take a picture in the photo booth and yeah. leave it all these fun interactive things that really add it to the whole experience and then little cutesy things decorating throughout yeah but I also remember that you were flying this stuff over from England yes <laughs> yeah I was flying backwards and forwards so originally when we were doing the wedding we had actually contacted a wedding planner And then we met her and we found out how much she was charging, which was around 3,000. And obviously there is a lot of work that goes into a wedding. And I'm not saying that she's not worth that amount, but we just didn't have like that extra budget for her. And then I realized that actually she was presenting options to us and then we would have to choose like which baker do you want? She would like, oh, here are the top three bakers in the area. And then you'd go and meet them and then say to her, oh, I've booked them. And then she would then take control. I'm like, okay, but I'm 
doing that already. Right, what's she going to take control of? Like, so, so then we decided, and because of getting married at Schloss Reinach as well, we had a wedding coordinator through the hotel. So I just thought, you know what, I'll do it myself. And because I had Pinterested, I had this idea of what I wanted. And I wanted something classy. I had like my color scheme. I knew that I wanted to be in control of the decorations and I wanted to make as many decorations as possible. Not just because it was cheaper, but because it gave me a project to do while I was also going through chemo. And because I also wanted to have this, this little piece of me that I've done and, you know, and it would just have more meaning. And we wanted to do it travel themed because we met traveling. <laughs> and Things in Germany are so expensive. I don't know if you've ever been to like a, a handicraft store in Freiburg, but things are so expensive. If you want paints or if you want brushes or anything, it's just, it all adds up. And so it was actually cheaper. Every time I flew back to England to visit family, I would just go to the store and I would come back with suitcases full of <laughs> arts and crafts material. <laughs> And it was great. Yeah. We did, I did, we did so much. And also getting to go to like little flea markets and picking up some really great bargains, like these really cool suitcases. And then I bought like an atlas in the UK and I ripped it up and then I stuck all the pages like inside it to like line it with maps of like the area that I grew up in, the area that I was born in. And I spent so much time living and breathing the wedding and doing the decorations. I don't know if everybody saw it all, but there was definitely a lot of thought into all of the different things. Well, we definitely had fun with the photo booth part. Yes. I mean, we took a lot of pictures also. I've seen them all. I, oh, oh, no. oh, no. I don't remember all of them. I do remember finding the mask of the queen. Yeah. That you had. In that was great. Actually, that, that had been floor. brought over from the States. Our friend Danielle really? brought it over as a surprise. And I think it was the most popular prop. Yeah. We had another friend of ours walk in holding this umbrella over my head. And I walked in. With the, with the queen mask on, did a little dance. And, and it really, something about that specific mask, it yeah. looked so funny with your body and the way you yeah, move. And, it was oh, great. It was so fun, yeah. And also, you mentioned the travel theme. During your ceremony, one of the coolest things was you had this whole segment where you packed your bag yes. for the journey of, yeah. of marriage or something yeah. Like that. That yes. was so cool. And I don't know how you came up with that, but I loved Actually, it. Actually, we didn't. Huh. So um, the woman who was doing our ceremony, she was amazing. And she's just so personable. And she really loves what she does. And she really works from the heart. And so we had so many meetings with her and she gets to know you as a couple. She asks loads of questions and you talk about the layout of the day. And we said that it was travel themed. And I think it was only a few weeks before the wedding when we had our final talk with her. And she was like, oh, I've had this idea. How do you feel about it? Um, she said, how do you feel about maybe packing a little bag or something with memories and keepsakes of the day? And then having it kind of as a time capsule, then you can open it a year later on your anniversary. And actually the week before I'd been to a flea market with a group of our girlfriends and bought this cute little red suitcase. It was just the perfect fit and it was, it's a really special day. So we took a Polaroid photograph of us as well during the ceremony. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That was so cute. Yeah. Live yeah. in that moment, you guys did a selfie with a Polaroid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we've got all of the speeches in there. So we both wrote our own speeches, which was such a great idea at the time. But when push come to shove, actually putting down <laughs> your emotions pen to paper that was really tough I'm glad that we did it but yeah it was difficult and because we'd got married the year before we didn't want to exchange rings again 
So we decided on a hand fasting ceremony, which was really cute. And so the ribbon went into the suitcase as well. And then a friend of ours did a reading for us, which was actually so wonderful. Yeah. And that's in an envelope in the case. So in July, I am really, really looking forward to opening it again and and rereading all of the speeches and and just looking through all of our little keepsakes and little little memories of that day. I like it too that it it is a suitcase. You can do that every year. You know, yeah. it's not a one time exactly. You know, yeah. I think that's really nice. Yeah. So that's what we decided to do. That obviously now we have uh, two anniversaries. So <laughs> April is our official anniversary. But in July, we've decided that we're going to have a date night and we're going to take a photograph and like maybe a memory like wherever we went, like if we go to a restaurant or something, maybe like a menu card or something. And then we can put it in there. So then every year we can add something new to the suitcase. So that's really cute. So overall, yeah. how do you feel about the whole shebang? I loved it. It was such... A wonderful day. It was so beautiful. The wedding was perfect. The ceremony was so touching and it was so personal. And this is what I really, really loved about doing the Freie Trauung is it was all about us. It was nothing that anyone had ever seen before. And I don't think you will ever see a wedding like that again because it was so personalized. I got to wear the most amazing dress yes. that I actually bought in the UK because wedding dress shopping in Germany was awful. I had <laughs> such a terrible experience. And so I bought this magical dress over from England. Yeah, I treasure every memory of that day. It was really even better than I could expect. It just sounds like such a beautiful mixture of where you both have come from yeah. and also where you've been together. And I think it was such a good way to set up the rest of your lives like where you're gonna go next and what the values of your relationship and your marriage are yeah and it was so much fun yeah (laughs) and I really loved doing the speeches as well I don't know if you remember but in England as well this is I'm not sure if it's a huge thing in England but several weddings I've been to where they do the best man speech where you bet on how long the speech is going to be. So I forgot every- about this. Yeah, this so is so fun. What happens is one of the groomsmen walks around with a little jar and he collects like two euros from each guest and they write down a time of how long they think the best man's speech is going to be. But they can't look at anybody else's time. And then at the end, the best man gives the speech and like the bride and the groom, they like time it. And then whoever's got the closest time wins the pot of money. So I think it was like over 80 or 90 euros in there wow. or something. So that's a nice <laughs> little nice little pot as well at the end. And that's yeah, really sweet. Yeah, That was super fun. Yeah. And then also you guys had someone come around at the, I think after the speeches or right when the, the night was really picking up mm-hmm. with schnapps. Yeah. That was a nice little, I don't know, night, nightcap. Uh, a nice yeah. surprise. I've never had that anywhere yeah. else. It was just one cool detail after the next. Yeah, it was a lot of work and a lot of trial and error. And I got so attached to the idea of this wedding being perfect. And in the end, before the wedding, I had to kind of let go of that idea and be a little bit more free and delegate tasks and rely on other people. And actually, those things are some of the things that I loved the most. My last question is then, having been through all of it and learned so much, yeah. I feel like having a wedding is the kind of thing where you gain so much specific knowledge that's pretty much useless yes. afterwards. <laughs> yes. So if there's anyone out there who's listening who's in a similar situation, maybe planning a binational wedding, yeah. what advice do you have for them? So my biggest advice, first of all, sit down and work out your budget. And once you've worked out your budget, you need to decide what are the most important things to you. 
and do lots of reading and lots of shopping around for sure like there are so many bargains that you can get there and don't get talked into something that you don't really want or need or allow somebody to try and talk you into something that you don't want because it's your day beautiful and I'm going to throw in something too not that I know anything about hosting a wedding (laughs) but I think one thing that I've admired about the way you handled things is when there wasn't something that you wanted or expected you found a way to make it work you found a way to make it happen if it was really that important and I think that's also very cool because it seems like you guys asking for a wedding package at a venue and other people also asking for this has now led to them developing that and now it's better for everyone so whether it be something like that or it be like this is a decoration I want but it's too expensive to make here how else can I make it yeah this attitude of like I can't get it this way but let's see how else I can make this work I really admire about you and I think also like you said that's what made the wedding so special your handprints were everywhere. Yeah. Okay, well, with that, we are going to transition to the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It's a rapid-fire question round, and so I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Okay, I'm ready. ready. Okay. I'm ready. What is your favorite winter meal? Oh, it's got to be pumpkin risotto. What is the last good book that you read? Oh... It is actually my favorite book, and I have reread it so many times. It is Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. If you could trade places with one member of the royal family for a day, who would you choose? Oh, that's a good one. I would definitely have to say the queen. I want to know what she gets up to. I bet, because you know she carries that tiny little handbag around. I bet she's got like a bag of M&Ms or something in there. You know, like (laughs) something really weird in there. When no one's looking, she's just like popping some snacks (laughs) in her mouth. That's amazing. I love it. Okay, perfect. That was was great. Thank you so much for coming on to the show and telling us all of your knowledge. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you again, Natalie, to coming on to the show and also for letting me come to your dream wedding. It was an absolute blast. And I am so happy for you and Conrad. Listeners, I want to thank you guys for tuning into this one. As you now know, Natalie will definitely be back on the show next season to tell us more about the whole cancer thing that happened. I also want to thank, as always, Amy Lungi Art for making the logo for the Expat cast. And I want to thank Side Hug for making our theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. As I said at the top, we are also on Instagram at the expat cast and we're on Twitter also at the expat cast. And guess what? I finally downloaded Twitter to my phone. So I'm going to try to do a better job actually posting there. I know I've been super negligent, but um, your girl's not so big on social media. What can I say? I do what I can and what I can is very little. We'll be back in your feeds next Thursday for the season finale of season three. I can't believe that those words that I just said are true, but they're true. It is going to be a surprise. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but let me tell you, it's a real ensemble cast and you're going to love it. So until then, have a wonderful week. Choose.